Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter and later on our podcast channel. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, please hit that subscribe button. Loads of great content to come, especially over the next few days down in the capital and beyond. And if you're on that podcast channel, please hit that like and follow button and leave us a rating and review. It's a pleasure to say that we've got John Gibson in the studio Regular viewers and listeners will know it's usually done over StreamYard, but John's kindly come in to Chronicle Towers to preview the big game this weekend, the Cowboy Cup final between Newcastle and Manchester. You had to come in, John, didn't you? Because it was such a it's such a big moment. Oh, absolutely huge. I've waited 24 years for a moment like that from the last cup final, which ironically was Newcastle v Manchester United, 1999. But may I say that Manchester United, as good as they are, aren't as good as that team, which is the only team that's ever won the league, the FA Cup and the Champions League treble. And the current Newcastle have a better side than that 99 side. So the gap isn't what it was then. That's what I like. We're going to start the show off on some real positivity (laughs) because you're right, that team of 1999 was probably the best team in the world. You know, they went on to win the treble, didn't they? Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's been voted the best Premier League side ever, that Manchester United side. And um, whereas this time around, even though Manchester United are on a great run of form, Newcastle's form has drifted off, dropped off somewhat, especially to what it was earlier in the season. You know, you strip away the form and, and you would argue that the teams go into the final on, on level pegging, really, in terms of in terms of the squad. Yes, um, I only hesitated there because of what happened last Saturday. Um, Nick Pope aside. If, if, you, if you go before last Saturday, it was a 50-50 game, absolutely no doubt whatsoever. And as far as we are concerned, as Jodies, it will remain that to the rest of the country. The fact that we lost the day, the, the week before, the last game before Wembley, and lost our goalkeeper, and we'll play with a fourth-choice goalkeeper at Wembley, has tipped the scales a bit in their, in their favour. But hey, so what? I mean, I was frustrated, angry and depressed immediately after the, uh, the Liverpool game. Is it, were you but, know, I don't, why, why, though? Because I, I, Why? I, yeah, if you don't know why... Um, you know, there's something sadly wrong. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. Because in the first quarter of an hour, we let in two horrific goals, the best defence in the league, let in two naive goals, having let in naive... Let me finish, you asked why. Having let in bad goals from corners in the previous two games. Then Pope goes crackers. Not for the first time, the second time. He did it on the other side of the pitch and ran out and headed into touch, if you remember. Got it right that time. 
got it hopelessly wrong this time, grasped the ball and he was off. So in 20 minutes, we were guaranteed that we'd go to Wembley on the back of a defeat and we're guaranteed we'd go to Wembley without a goalkeeper. Having made a mess of the Dubrovka-Darlow situation in the meantime, so we were going to Wembley with a fourth-choice goalkeeper who in the last two years has played 45 minutes of a friendly in the desert. That's why I was depressed. Having said that I was depressed, you dealt the hand you dealt and you've got to make the best of it and therefore I'm going to walk with optimism towards Wembley, towards the final, because we have no option. We either die and say that we haven't, our chances gone and Lady Lux turned her back on us and all that, or you say, hey, we've still got the best defence in the league, uh, we've still got 10 outfield players that have already proved themselves time and time again this season. A two-horse race is never a one-horse race. We've got a chance, and we've got more than a chance, and you're, you're fortified. You see, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Well, as obviously. much as the opening 20 minutes was an absolute disaster against Liverpool, I felt the way Newcastle played for the rest of the game, I felt they should have got a point at the very least because they had some really good chances. Yeah, why didn't we get the point? Because we had really good chances we didn't take and that's what we have been doing all the time. But you take the positive out of that, that they, at times you couldn't tell, for most of that game actually, you couldn't tell that Liverpool had the man advantage and it was just poor finishing from well, Newcastle's side. Well, did that not side. infuriate you? That we're, yeah, we're, we're, the, you've admitted poor finishing. Poor you've finishing. admitted the two goals were bad goals. Both. you admitted we've got ten men. And I tell you what, that Liverpool side, that defence was there for the taking. And it was proved in the next match when they played Real Madrid. They had a two-goal start again in Liverpool and they leaked five. Their defence is poor. In the way Maxi was playing, which was outstanding, and he was back to his best uh, on that day, if we got off on a level playing field, i.e. those two goals hadn't gone in in the first quarter of an hour, and we'd stayed 11 v 11, we would certainly not have lost that match, and I think we would have won that match. And therefore, I find that very frustrating one week before Wembley. But do you not take positives from the way they played for the with 10 men for the remainder of that game? Because when yeah, you're well, down to 10 men, you of could course. collapse and it'd be of a course, but I, Of course, but I don't want to be a valiant loser at Wembley. I want to be a no, wonderful no. winner. But the point I'm making is that when you are down to 10 men, uh, you could easily collapse, and Liverpool could have, you know, quite ran quite right, Newcastle quite right. You know, but three or the, four goals. Once the game's over, the scoreline reads Newcastle near Liverpool too, and you haven't got Pope, you haven't got Dubrovka, you haven't got Darlow. You've got a goalkeeper who played forty-five minutes. It, it does. That's both. fact. They are but facts, Andrew. They are, but the way they played, it, you, you know, you, you take yeah, positives well, and you well, take that into the into this week. Surely, we are going on a record of one. Premier League win in the last seven matches. Now, by the way, you're turning me into a negative situation here about a final where's a Geordie. I want to be very positive. But I can't accept blind faith. Blind faith equates to stupidity to me. And and I think it's blind faith. We, we can play as valiantly as we did for 70 minutes, and we did, at Wembley. And if the scoreline is Newcastle North, Manchester United 2 you wouldn't be pleased, would you? No, no, no. But my point being is that I, I think... I know what your point is. Have you taken my point? I have taken your point. But what I'm saying is is that I'd rather go into this game the way they played against Liverpool with 10 men than go into the game having lost 4-5-0 and 
and a total collapse well, because of course, because of, that of course, of course. You've got to take those, take those positives. And we've got, I mean, we've got plenty of comments, people watching live. So let me dive straight into them. You've got David saying, playing well, only goes so far, goals, win you games. Um, and, and, you know, he makes a valid point there. Newcastle have only scored three league goals in 2023, eight in all competitions. But as much as I'm talking up the way they performed on Saturday, the reason they didn't get a point is because they couldn't take their chances. They were not clinical. They have not been clinical. They need to be clinical on Sunday for whatever chances come their way, don't they? Oh, I mean, we haven't been clinical for a while. That's, that's the worry of the thing. The concern is that if we get behind, can we score enough goals to win a game? And, of course, Sunday's all about winning. Your, your, your third dimension you normally have, which is a draw, you can't have because you go to extra time penalties. You can't draw on Sunday. Um, and, yes, and when we did so well with 10 men, and let me emphasise that we did, but we had chances. I mean, I can remember Dan Byrne rising above everybody with a header, etc., etc. But those chances now, what worry me is they don't get taken. And mm. in, in, in once they did. But hey, as I said, you're dealt a hand and that's your hand regardless. We've got to go without Pope and without Dubrovka and without Dolo. We haven't got the option. That is the hand we've got. And... We've got to get on with it. And, you know, we've got the best defence in the Premier League. Facts, figures prove that. And let that back four and the, 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 those sitting in front of them do what they've done all season, and that is protect the goalkeeper. Pope's been sensational when he's been called on, but let them protect the German boy. And, and that can happen. We've got Bruno back. That'll make a huge difference. I mean, apart from the fact he's absolute quality, he's a lucky human as well, isn't he? We never win without him and we win with him. So he's back. That's a help. If San Maximum gave me a huge lift in that game on Saturday because right from the kickoff, and by the way, that's another reason I'm so annoyed, we started the game terrifically. If the defence hadn't let them two in and would gone to ten men, the way we were playing and running at them, and especially with the attitude that's on maximum, that's the attitude I've been waiting to see again. And he showed it. And even with ten men, he continued to show it. He was a breath of fresh air. Now, surely, if he wanted to do that against Liverpool, he'll want to do it on the biggest stage of the lot because I think he's guaranteed himself the place come Sunday with, the, with that performance um, without a shadow of doubt. And they, so he would be a huge plus on, on Sunday, as Bruno will be, as hopefully the back four in front of the keeper will be. And we've got to take those positives. And may the Manchester United defence in the first 20 minutes be as generous as ours was against Liverpool. Let's talk about the goalkeeping situation then. Mm. No discussion Definite red card. Yes, it's it's heartbreaking for Nick Pope, but those are the rules. Newcastle confirmed yesterday they didn't appeal, pretty much because they know they've got they've got no, no hope of getting it overturned. So it falls to Carius in goal, a man as you mentioned there. John hasn't played competitive football in over two years. He's only played twenty five minutes of a friendly over in Saudi Arabia. But hey, you know, I know you're a bit of a romantic, John. So Carius uh, back in goal. Eddie Howe mentioned yesterday it's a good chance for him to rewrite his career. Why not? Why not? Why can't he go in and have an absolute blind and help Newcastle win the cup? Well, of course he can. But uh, will he? 
Yeah, that yeah, is. Yes, yes, he will. Yes, he will. will. He? I've got faith in him. Good. There's a, there's a reason Eddie Howe, um, you know, persuaded the hierarchy to, to, to extend Carrius's stay at Newcastle. He was only meant it wasn't, to be short It wasn't so he would play in the cup final, I can assure you. No, no, it wasn't. But, you know, he, he's clearly impressed him in training. He's a, clearly a good I'll figure. I'll tell you one thing about Carrius and a, 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 about the Newcastle situation. Newcastle, in the semi-final, second leg, home to Southampton, transfer deadline day, they could have put Darius on the bench. This time he's playing, not on the bench, but they could put him on the bench. Didn't. They got, they got Hull City and Newcastle and Darlow to sign all the transfer papers before that day and asked them to hold those transfer papers. The game was due to finish about 10 to 10. The deadline was 11 o'clock. They held those transfer papers and put them through between 10 and 11 at the last minute to allow Darlow to sit on the bench. To allow, that's how important Darlow was in the mind of Eddie for the semi-final. In the, the then 11 goal, knowing that Juvoka is not available for the final, so if, if Nick Pope got injured or suspended and he was thinking that would happen, then you're down to your next Paris, goalkeeper. Yeah. But I mean, I guess... So if, but if they did that... That showed you what the feeling was in-house about who should keep goal at Wembley if it wasn't Nick Pope. Yes, and I can totally get the point you make. And I think in an ideal situation, you know, if you were dealt this hand and Dubravka couldn't play Nick Pope suspended, you probably would go for Darlow over you, you Carriers. You probably would. But they've also let Darlow go, knowing that they have a backup, a third-choice goalkeeper oh. in Carriers. So you can look, you can take that and look into that Wait a minute, if, 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 you, if that was the case, why did they do that with Dolo in the semi-final? Well, why no, did they hold the transfer no, no, but, up but, so he could cover just, the goalkeeper? But the point I've just made there is that in an ideal situation, you, 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 you would want Dolo in it. But So it, for that semi-final, they had the chance to still have Dolo involved. They had the chance to have him involved at Wembley by not sending him to Hull. Yeah, but that's the point. They, they have done. So they, Mistake. It's called. Mm, well, no, I think they've, 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 you know, they know, they know this, this scenario. They've, they've planned that and they've looked at it and they've said, well, we've got Carrius as a third choice. We've got Mark Gillespie also there. So they've clearly okayed that. You know, they, they wouldn't have done that and worried that something like this is going to crop up. They've done it knowing that if something like this does crop up... No, they've they done it Carrius. not expecting something like this to crop up. The odds on something like this cropping up was so about a million you, to one. You think I think it's a mistake. A mistake. I think, that, well, there's no question about that. If it wasn't a mistake, by the way, Darius didn't have to play in the semi-final. He just had to warm the bench. If it wasn't a mistake, let him warm the bench and let Darlow go off to Hull. And by the way, you've got a feel for Carl. He's gone off to Hull. He's missed a Wembley appearance uh, to actually play in a Wembley showpiece fight. This is with hindsight, of course. For what? He's sitting on the bench at Hull. He's, mm. he, like he was sitting on the bench at Newcastle. He hasn't played a game for, for Hull. He's sat on the bench all the games. So he will be very kicking himself yeah. himself. And I it's a shame for the boy without a shadow. I imagine Dubravka will be as well. Um, some comments here then. John says, John Robinson says, got to get behind Carrius, not knock the lad. Uh, Ken says, rather the unknown of Carrius than the known of Darlow for me. Roger says, I rate Carrius as a better keeper than Darlow, experienced in big games too. 
Uh, and then he says, five days to the final night. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, of course, Carrius's career seems to be defined by that Champions League final in which he made two uh, clangers. Unfortunately, finals define people's careers, don't they? This, you know, the, the caveat is that he, he seemed to be concussed as well and probably shouldn't have been on the pitch. Um, and I just want to ask you, John, because you look at Carrius's record that season, and um, we were on a, me and Aaron were on a, on a, on a podcast last night, Loaded Mag, talking about um, about this situation. And the stat came up that I think it was out of the games he'd played that season, he kept 17 clean sheets. And the run-up to the final, he'd kept, kept the most clean sheets throughout the competition. So why is his career defined on two mistakes when in reality, take away that 90 minutes of football, he proved himself as a more than capable keeper for one of the best teams in Europe? But that's why he was a capable keeper because he was playing behind one of the best teams in Europe. It doesn't mean that he's the best keeper. It means he's a keeper behind the defence. Cup finals will always define you. Whether Jackie Milburn is wonderful because he scored those uh, two incredible goals in 51 against Blackpool and then he scored in 40 minute, 45 minutes, seconds in 55 to, to set a record for the quickest goal, which lasted for Yonks before it was beaten. Cup finals define you. Then you get the horror side of it, and it's horrible for, for a player, but they are the matches that stick out. The cup finals stick out. The make heroes, sometimes heroes that really have been very average players, but suddenly they score the winner in the cup final, and they might stick it in from two yards in the, with, with an open goal, but they're then a hero forever. Unfortunately, life's like that. Now, this guy has terrific potential. He always has. Potential is a silly word at his age because he's coming up 30. It's no longer potential, but he's always had terrific potential. He's been generally a good goalkeeper, etc., etc. My worry for him, and the worries love because he's keeping goal for us and therefore we love him to death and we want him to have an absolute blinder and go down in Newcastle's history forever is, is the goalkeeper that came out of nowhere and won the cup for Newcastle. Wouldn't that be sensational? I don't think necessarily the worry with, with Darius is about his ability or his lack of ability. It's how much, how strong he is in, in his mind, etc., and how much those Real Madrid moments will play on his mind come three o'clock, half past three on Sunday. Um, it's how strong he is mind-wise, knowing that a lot of the world out there, Geordies apart, are going to be looking at him to see if he'll make a mistake because um, he did the last big final. I think it's as much about his strength of mind as it is about ability. He wouldn't have signed for Liverpool if he didn't have ability. He wouldn't have played the times he did. What he's got to do is not suddenly panic and think for two years I haven't kicked the ball. 
you know, 40 minutes or 45 minutes in the desert when Newcastle eventually won that match 5-0 was not going to test the keeper to, to the end. So it's really his mental strength more than his ability, which will be under the microscope at, uh, at Wembley. But let me say straight away, that, I mean, I am desperate for the kid to fully justify himself, to justify us, to make our dreams come true. For goodness sake, I've waited since 1969 to see Newcastle win something. We've waited since 55 to win a domestic cup. We are desperate for him to be success, desperate for Botman and the back four to show the sort of form they've shown for nine-tenths of, of the season and be watertight. Then look at it, it, Maxi getting a new uh, surge of enthusiasm and optimism and running power. That Callum Wilson comes back fit, and in, in by fit I mean not fit like me new fit, but athletically fit, that you can play and do what you can do in a final. Because we need it to be like that, and this team deserves the opportunity to go to Wembley and do itself justice. It is fought in the Champions League place all season, albeit we've just dropped out of that before we go to Wembley to fifth, but it, it's still redeemable. We can still get back into the Champions League placings. But this team, this manager, the new owners, the way they've worked, have deserved this moment in the sun and they deserve us to go down there and Lady Luck to smile on us the way she didn't smile on us against Liverpool because... The, the rebuilding of Newcastle has been nothing short of phenomenal. But above all those people deserving it, the Geordies deserve it even more because they've waited longer. I mean, there'll be young lads going down there that Newcastle haven't gone down in their lifetime to Wembley. Anybody younger than 24. And, and certainly most people that'll be going down there will not have seen Newcastle win a domestic trophy because 55... Goodness gracious, what you'd have to be in your 90s or 100 now to have actually seen that uh, live in the stadium. I saw it on television as a little school kid. But, um, you know, so the wait's been a long time for a super, super club. And we've got to walk with optimism and belief and we've got to keep the faith because there's only one position being taken apart and that's a goalkeeper. It is difficult because we said when Bruno went out, what a difference that'll make, and we haven't won a game without him. One player can make a difference to a side. We've just found that out with Bruno. Thankfully, he's back at Wembley, of course. Uh, John says he disagrees with you, John. Uh, one bad match doesn't define a player's career, even if it was a cup final. Look at Gaza getting sent off in the FA Cup final for Spurs. He had a pretty good career after yeah, that Gaza was a superstar. This kid is just... Uh, kid. I ask him if it's defined his career. Poor lad, since that happened to him, he never he come back, he never played another game for, for Liverpool, even when he come back. He was shuttled out on loan, none of the teams took him away, he was on loan. It defined his career all right, sadly, and he doesn't deserve that, and therefore this is a wonderful opportunity for him. But boy, did it define his career. Gaza, by the way, is a superstar. Uh, Les says, appreciate it was only 45 minutes in the friendly, but Carrius uh, uh, looked solid. Mm and stark contrast to Gillespie. So, fingers crossed there. I mean, you mentioned there that finals can make heroes. Even average players can become heroes can. in the final. And I'm fully backing Carrius to be the hero. 
That'd be wonderful. But uh, last time we did it, Almiron was going to be the hero because he was going to score the winning goal. They're all going to be heroes, John. They're all going to be heroes. And by the way, if we win the cup, they will all be heroes. There's absolutely no question about that, which will be wonderful. They will, every single man, Jack of them will be heroes. Let's talk about Joe Willock then. Um, Eddie House says he's in a race to be fit for the final, depending on how you read between the lines on what Eddie Howe says, some might say, well, that's Willick out of the final. Some say that's the bench at most. I mean, first and foremost, John, just how big of a miss will Joe Willick be to this start in 11 if he, indeed he does miss the final? Good question. Um, if it's a hamstring and we're fed so little information, all clubs are these days, so that we don't really know the full extent of the injury. But if it's a hamstring, it's a big risk. It's a hammies are a big risk. Uh, and no doubt the boy would want to take it, bless him, because it's a final. And it, but he could then be out for six weeks if it was a hamstring and it went again in the final. Um, with my optimistic hat on, or with my wanting to be a Newcastle United hat on, which is what I'm saying is that you know hoping the goalkeepers are star and all that, and, and Pope going out and not meaning it's the end of the world. If Willock misses the final. And I was given the option, Bruno comes back and Willock misses the final, or, or Willock plays the final and we don't have Bruno. I would rather have Bruno. So, but I want Willock, Joe, and I want it for Joe's sake as well, uh, because he's earned the right to be part of the final. I don't think there's much chance of starting in the final, because I think it, it will probably be uh, Joe Linton, Longstaff and Bruno. Hmm. And, and the best Willock will be risked will be on the bench if he can make the bench. So if he was fit though, let's say you know he's past one hundred percent fit, would he would he start in your eyes? Because you you also have the question of answer maximum. You know we've said the answer. No, maximum. not not now. He would if if answer maximum hadn't played like that on Saturday, Willock would start with Longstaff and Bruno in my eyes, and Joe Linton would play left up front, left wide up front. But we need somebody to create those chances. We need somebody with a bit of razzmatazz that will turn a final. And that used to be Maxi. And when I looked at Maxi against Liverpool, and it all got swallowed up a little bit by the other things that happened in the match, otherwise he would have been the headline act, as far as Geordies are concerned on that performance. I would go with Maxi, the big-timer that might respond to the big-time, um, and also, you you want a base in midfield, in front of a base in the back four, to help the keeper. Yeah. So I I would go with Joe Linton, Longstaff, and Bruno in the middle of the park, and with Maxi up front with Almiron and Wilson. So Barry says Willick no loss there. So Barry not a big fan of Willick. I I agree with John. I think um, for me it has to be Joe Linton, Bruno, Longstaff and then St Maximin on the left and, and Mickey on the right. The other big question is, John, who starts up front? I said on Monday's show for me, it would be Alexander Izak. He's got the minutes under his belt. He's more match fit than Callum Wilson is. However, you put your Eddie Howe hat on, you can't see him not playing Callum Wilson can you imagine, if the number nine is fit. Can you imagine Eddie Howe telling Callum Wilson that he's only going to be on the subs bench at Wembley when he's had the 30 minutes, I mean, etc., uh, etc., et and uh, he's a great believer in Wilson, he hangs his hat on Wilson. I mean, 
No, I would go with Wilson because you, Isaac's there to come on if Wilson's not going to last 90 minutes. I, I, I worry about Isaac as an out-and-out centre-forward. I, I wonder if he is a centre-forward in the way I wondered whether Joe Linton was a centre-forward when he played centre-forward, but for totally different reasons. He doesn't like playing with his back to goal, which a centre-forward has to be capable of doing. And, and I know it's because he's got spindly, very long legs. It gives the impression of being more weak than sturdy. And centre forward, the best centre forwards, Super Mac, Alan Shearer, uh, etc., et Callum Wilson, when he's uh, spot on, um, if you've got to hold off two tough centre halves. Isaac doesn't do that easily. He can be brushed aside. Um, I was disappointed in on Saturday. I've got to say, against Liverpool, I was disappointed in him. Um, and I've got a feeling that if there's going to be a position for him regularly in the side in the future, it's not going to be as an orthodox centre-forward playing on his own. That you know He can play like a 10 off a centre-forward or in one of the two wide positions, but physically he's not made for a centre-forward and his way of playing, he doesn't like playing with his back to goal. I'm going to disagree with you again. I thought he played quite well against Liverpool, we've got John Robinson again saying uh, that he'd play Isaac because he looked very sharp against Liverpool. I thought he did look quite good and I get the, I get what you're saying, he doesn't look that strong, but I think he's deceptive in that. I think he can definitely hang himself. I think he can definitely bully defences even though he doesn't look like he's got he the He can bully defences. I think so. With his pace, not with his I physicality. I don't think he's scared of a fight though either. I, I think, he's, I think he's, he, he can. He can so you bully. think he's physically strong? I think he looks. He doesn't look it, but I think I think we've seen he can't handle himself. And I, for me, if I was calling the team on on Sunday, I would start Isaac ahead of Callum Wilson. But you don't think he'll say that because you think I will start Callum Wilson instead yeah, of Isaac. Yeah, because I think we, you know we always say what we would do and then what Eddie Howe would do. But also, I was thinking about this last night that actually because we, with Eddie Howe, what we, we what we tend to see is the same team. And that's in the league, you know. He, he likes to build and build and build, and you know the f- familiarity of, of the starting eleven. But I just wonder because this is ninety minutes of football. This is one opportunity, one chance for you to win. You know, there's no there's no second chances here. Does he change his usual approach and maybe does he play Isaac where if this was a league game he'd play Wilson because he likes to get that ball rolling with the momentum and with the familiarity of the starting eleven. But here, does he just go with with the player he thinks can can win this match outright because there is no second chance. Well, if you ask me to talk about what he's thinking as opposed to what I think or you think, because he's the one that matters, no, he won't. He'll start Wilson. I believe he will start Wilson. Whether that's right or wrong, and I think deep down inside you think that he'll probably start Wilson, although you wouldn't, Yeah. uh, but you think he probably will. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to websites and print in South Shields. They've very kindly made us a flag to take down to London and into Wembley this weekend. So we're picking that up tomorrow. We're very excited to, to get that. So thanks to Gavin at websites and print in South Shields. Look them up on Facebook. And if you're down South Shields, pop in to see them. Um, we've mentioned there briefly, John, about Alan Maximum. You know, he definitely starts for me. He looked lively. Uh, the most livelist on Saturday against Liverpool. Um, and this is the kind of game, isn't it? This is his kind of game with the world's attention on it, the cameras 
you know, 90,000, this hope is his that, kind of game. Yeah, we've got to hope that because he is a big time Charlie and I mean that nicely because every world-class player, and I'm not saying he's that, but I'm going to the ultimate, every world-class player is a big time Charlie. That's something you've got to have in you to be that. You know, whether you're Shearer, whether you're Malcolm McDonald, whether you're... Bruno, whether you know you've got that about you and you want the biggest stage because you're so confident, as I did that way, you're so confident what you can do on that stage. And yes, you've got to think this stage would really appeal to him, and I, I think it will. And I think that he went out, he's a mood player, he's definitely, and lots of very talented players are mood players, and, and Max is a mood player. And I think he went out in a wonderful frame of mind against Liverpool because A, it was Liverpool, and B, it was the game before Wembley. And he wanted to make certain he plays at Wembley because Bruno's back. He's more or less had to play in these three games. Bruno wasn't there, but he could have lost the Wembley starting place with Bruno back. Joe Linton could be stuck out there. But he won himself, and quite rightly won himself, Wembley in my eyes by his performance against Liverpool. And then... We need, especially when we've tapered a little bit in form and in goal scoring, we need something a little bit different that just might tip the game in our favour. And I think we're more likely to get that, for example, off him than off Isaac, because it will be totally different off him. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know sometimes what he's going to do, and that worries defenders. So I, I think the match is made... For some maximum, and when he says goal, he looks sensational. He does, and and my United showed against Leicester City for all they won three 0 The first half was pretty poor by their standards. You know, Leicester should have been two or three goals up. Oh, so yeah, absolutely! Fantastic saves by David De Gea. Leicester just not clinical enough. So I think if you're Newcastle and Eddie Howe, I did a video on it yesterday on our YouTube channel. You look at the way my United played against Leicester, and you you, you take positive from you. The defence is there to be got at, and Newcastle United just have to be on their top of their game and make sure that whatever comes their way, they take the chances. And I think St Maximum could have a really, um, a really good game against against Manchester United's fullbacks. Yeah, I mean you've got to look for something different. Most finals are won by somebody somewhere along the line doing something different, um, because otherwise it can be a game of chess because both sides will go there well prepared. Both sides have got excellent managers. They've absolutely revitalised the clubs. The, I mean, the, the, the two clubs have been revitalised by the appointment of these two managers, and they've done superb, and they've got them organised, and it will be a game of chess. Now, in a game of chess, it's the person that does something not expected that goes on and wins, and that person can be Maxi. For them, it can be Rashford, who doesn't do something unexpected. He does something expected, which is scores every game. Mm. And it's amazing the form he's been on. Well, I was going to ask you, I think I already kind of know your answer to this one, but how did Newcastle United stop Marcus Rashford? Well, you, you pray that Barcelona stopped Marcus Rashford. I knew, I knew, that was, I knew, I knew the word pray was going to come into the answer. Yeah, you, you've got to pray, but you've also got to pray that he, he might get... I don't wish the lad anything but the best, apart from Sunday, from half past four onwards. But if he got a little pull against Barca and just had a rest in the way that uh, Callum Wilson had a rest at Bournemouth for one game so that he's back on blob for the rest of Europe and maybe he's going for the title... I would be very, very grateful for that indeed. If we had if we had Rashford in our team to finish the chances we create, we would think 
We're there. Yeah, we fly and we're we? there. Um, yeah, it's shout out here for NUFC Sydney. He will have over 150 people at the pub watching Brilliant. the final at 3.30 in the morning. So Brilliant. well done to you guys. Well um, done. We yes. look forward to seeing any videos from NUFC Sydney. I'm sure it's going to be a massive party. So well done to you guys getting up and supporting the tune at that time. Um, just a, a final word on, on Manchester United. I mean, they are the informed side. But the fact that Eric Tanhag came out after the Leicester game, bearing in mind they won 3-0, and he kind of slammed his side. You know, he, he, he called them rubbish. He said they were lucky uh, that they can't start the game against Barcelona against Newcastle in the same fashion. It, you know, do you think he's slightly wary of doing exactly that? Because, you know, he's, he's, he's well, wary that Newcastle have the players to hopefully take the chances. I hope he's slightly wary, but I suspect that he isn't and that he's uh, just playing the game. You you can say somebody's rubbish for the first 45 minutes, you know, when you've won 3-0. It, it, it's easy to say um, then. And he was right, and I doubt, I, I, I'm pretty certain that's what he said at half-time. But he off got a response in the second half against Leicester because it was a different game. I don't, you know... I've got this funny old thing. I don't want to dwell too much on Manchester United. You can go down that road. You can talk about what Dan Hogg do, has done. You can talk about the guts he's had to sort the team out and throw Ronaldo out the club and, and do this and do that. And, and Rashford is rejuvenated and Sancho's been handled brilliantly. And, and De Gea is proven that he's still at his age, the wonderful goalkeeper that he's always been. You can fight yourself to death, but I used to listen to Joe Harvey when he was manager at Newcastle, still the last man to win a trophy until Eddie Howe does it on Sunday. So he's got a, a position in our history. And when we won that trophy, the European First Cup 1969, Joe used to always say, I don't worry too much about the opposition. I worry about us. If we get our game right, let them worry about us, because if we get our game right, we have a chance, a real chance, of doing something. And I want to concentrate on a wonderful defensive record that Bruno's back, that Big Joe's still up there bombing, that Wilson might come back in and discover he can, he can score goals for fun when the opportunity arrives because it's a massive moment for him, as the World Cup was, to, to stamp his position within the club. That Miggy will go out and want to run, run, run on, the, on a huge pitch and, and, and prove his part. And that it's made for Maxi. I would rather concentrate on that than look at Manchester United and either scare yourself or... or big them up too much, you can big sides up too much. And if we get it right, we've proved this season. And we've gone to Manchester United and got naught naught, albeit before they had this miracle of getting off the bed of nails. But nonetheless, we did. As we won it, it, it Spurs, as we drew with Manchester City when we were truly magnificent. And, and Maxi was, by the way. If Maxi plays against the other Manchester like he played against City... I will be thrilled and we will be on the way to getting the trophy. I'd rather look at us and look at them. We get it right, we've got a real chance. We get it wrong, or fluff our lines in front of goal, and we struggle. But I'd rather concentrate on our pluses than theirs. 
definitely. And a shout out to Sean Longstaff and Big Dan Byrne as well. You know, two Geordies in the side. This is going to be everything they've dreamed of, isn't it? Absolutely. And they know exactly what it means to the tune. Um, and for them, good gracious me, it, it, it's it's got to be wonderful. I mean, Sean was in a position where he might have been jettisoned into the championship with whoever had taken him a little while back in the transfer market. And Big Dan Byrne was never going to play for Newcastle United when he went to Darlington and then went to Fulham and then went to Brighton and got a career at Brighton and good for him. But he'd never think he'd sign for Newcastle and play in a cup final. It's For them too, it is absolutely wonderful. But, you know, they're not Geordies, but I, I think Trippier's heart would be bursting out of his shirt to, to play for for Newcastle in a final. I think Bruno's heart would be bursting out of his sh shirt. Uh, there's people that it's going to mean everything to because, and let us be truthful, we didn't expect this. This has happened one season in from the usual relegation fight. We are fighting for Europe, even still fighting for a Champions League place, and we're in a cup final. That is a we must not lose sight of the fact that whatever happens at Wembley, and heaven forbid, and whatever happens in our European bid, and heaven forbid, to have been involved in both those competitions for so long this season is nothing short of sensational. And you know what that guarantees? That if we don't get the trophy on Sunday, and heaven forbid, but if we don't, there'll be some more. Mm. And we will get them. 100% and we can't get the words in the podcast without seeing one of your favourite phrases. Keep the faith. Well, there's that, but I was going to talk about the size of Dan Byrne's heart. Yes, as big as a fine pan. I should have got that on the flag, really, shouldn't I? That should have been and, what was on the flag. By the way, that's what we need at Wembley. If, if we have 11 players plus the subs that get on the field and each one has a heart of a size of a frying pan, we don't lose. Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I just want to have a quick word. You mentioned there Joe Harvey, because a lot of people are talking about how Eddie Howe winning the Cup, you know, be up on the level of the great Sir Bobby Robson and Kevin Keegan, who, of course, you know, saved the club, uh, turned the club around, turned them into title challenges, and Sir Bobby did, you know, very similar after the, the disaster of Kenny Daglish and Rude Hullet. But Joe Harvey seems to be forgetting, people seem to be forgetting Joe Harvey in this conversation. If Eddie Howe wins the League Cup on Sunday, he has matched Joe Harvey. You know, Kevin Keegan and Sir Boy Robson did not match Joe Harvey. They didn't win anything. No. And I, I just wonder what your feelings on that. Does that, I, I, anger's the wrong I, word, but are, you, are you, but are you disappointed that Joe Harvey seems to be yes, forgetting this I, conversation? I, I'm very disappointed, but I understand. I'm not angry. Uh, and by the way, I'm not trying to devalue Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson because what they give me in terms of excitement, I mean, Kevin Keegan got his runners up in the Premier League and Bobby Robson got his third top of the Premier League. That's some achievement. It's incredible that neither won a domestic trophy. I, I mean, that is hard to believe. But I think the trouble for Joe is that it's so long ago. Memories fade, young supporters will remember either themselves or their dads talking about Bobby Robson and Kevin Keegan. But Mil but Joe is that far back. But Joe stands alone at this given moment in Newcastle United history because not only did he win the European First Cup, which is the only trophy we've won 
1955. But 1951, Joe Harvey was skipper when we won the FA Cup at Wembley. 1952, Joe Harvey was skipper when we won the FA Cup at Wembley. 1955, Joe Harvey was coach when we won the FA Cup at Wembley. 1969, Joe Harvey was manager when we won the European Fairs Cup. That's some devotion to Newcastle, and it's some success rate at Newcastle. Can you, as a skipper and a manager, the skipper's the manager on the field. As a skipper and the manager, he won the FA Cup twice as a skipper he won it once as a coach and he won the European uh, as a manager he can't be overlooked in the history books he is the aim Eddie Howe was quite capable of matching and then topping him in the long term because cards are stacked in his favour with the sort of owners he's got but also don't take anything away if Eddie does it Eddie's earned it mm. because it doesn't come automatic with the territory and if he didn't do it, he would get the sack and somebody else would be brought in. Abramovich did that all the time. But if Eddie does it, he's earned it through the quality. But yes, yes, I think Joe a little bit is forgotten. Yet if you realise what he's done, and with us being the final, it sort of set, puts crystallises in our mind what he did. Mm. 51, 52, 55 and 69. The common denominator and all those, Joe Harvey. Absolute legend. So if you are younger viewer and you're not quite sure about Joe Harvey, I'll pop a podcast into the comments that we did a documentary on his career at Newcastle. It's well worth a listen to. John was on it. Um, players have played under him like Supermac. Joe's son, Ken's on it as well. And you can just learn a little bit about him. I hope that doesn't come across patronising, but I really i am a big fan of Joe Harvey. And I Absolutely. think he needs to be involved more in this conversation about what Sunday can be all about if Eddie Howe does indeed uh, win the League Cup. Geordie Toon for Life says, I'll never forget what Joe Harvey did for us. Never, ever. Finally then, John, can Newcastle United, no, no, not can, will Newcastle United win the EFL Cup, the Carabao Cup on Sunday? Great, great question. With all my heart, I am absolutely desperate. I've gone four times to Wembley with Newcastle United, 74, 76, 98, 99, and four times come back without the trophy. My memories, my wonderful memories of those years were all getting there. They're all the semi-final wins with the two stars. The Supermac first, scoring against Burnley twice. Shearer, semi-final goals that won 98 and 99. They're my memories. I want them to be bettered. I was convinced before our misfortune with Pope that we would genuinely convince, not just with heart, but with head. Uh, now, it's as much heart as head because I'm desperate to win. I think we can overcome what is a blow. It's no good pretending that having your, your fourth-choice goalkeeper, yes, you back him to the hilt, and we do. I want him to be the hero of the hour. I'll go and give him a kiss on both cheeks if he is when he comes back here. Don't worry about that. We want him to be the hero. Uh, I'm not kidding myself this is going to be a walk in the park. And it's going to be less a walk in the park than it was because of the circumstances. Mm. And we've had a little dip in form apart from the goalkeeper. And they've got stronger. But two horse races, nobody's ever not going to... And if we want to look... Just to finish off, if we want to look at upsets, and I'm not suggesting for one second this is an upset, but 
you like to see upsets because you think, yeah. Man City lost to Wigan in the cup final at, at Wembley in the 20s, in the 200s, 2013 or something like that. And that was the team of Aguero and, and uh, you know, Tui and the uh, company and the, the great side. When Newcastle last won a trophy, 1969 with Jovi, we were told when we got to the final, we were playing the best team in Europe, Uspestose. And the great managers of the time, Don Revy at Leeds, who were the English champions, Jock Steen at Celtic, who had played against them, and Shankly at Liverpool, said Newcastle have no chance they're playing the best side in Europe. And they had already beaten Leeds home and away, the English champions, before the final. We not only beat them at St James's Park, we gave them a two-goal start in Budapest and beat them in Budapest as well. So the last time we got a trophy, we triumphed against the odds. We don't see it as against the odds on Sunday as Geordies. The rest of the country does. The rest of the country are tipping Manchester United. Can we win it? Yes. Will we win it? If Lady Luck doesn't turn her back on the keeper or on us as a team, the answer is yes. Yeah, to coin a phrase, originally said, just say yes, John, and then he said, is that a yes thing, Gibbs? That's a yes. It is a yes. It is a yes. It is a yes. It is a yes. I'm fully batting Newcastle when I'm right back. Yeah, they're going to win it and they're going to be back here on jo Monday. Geordies always have their pot half full, not half empty. And uh, yes. They're going to win it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm confident this is this is their moment. And uh, yeah, this weekend's going to be absolutely brilliant. Well, John, thank you very much for popping into Chronicle Towers. Delighted. To appear on the Everything is Black and White podcast. The match preview, I realised I put review in the headline there, so I'll get that changed. But yeah, the match preview ahead of the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Just so nice to be able to say Newcastle United in a final, isn't it? Um, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including all the build-up to this big game, and hit that subscribe button on your podcast app and on YouTube to stay tuned uh, with all the goings on down in the capital this weekend. Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>